Welcome to the Statler Financial Radio Show with Philip Statler. Have a question for the show or need assistance with your retirement plan? Give Philip a call today, 863-285-3815. Jazzy start to the show today. Thanks for joining us on the Statler Financial Radio Show. It was uh, this week in 1957 that American Bandstand debuted with Dick Clark. So uh, we'll flash back, Philip, to 1957 as we start off the Statler Financial Radio Show today. Uh, always a pleasure to sit down with you, Philip. I hope you're uh, hope you're doing well. It, hope you're jazzed up. Amen. <laughs> it brings back some memories of the days in band. You yeah. know, just uh, playing my tuba and making that good bass sound. It was uh, tuba, uh, huh? Is that what you played? Long, long, long time ago. <laughs> I did not realize you you played tuba back in the day. Back in the day, I, I couldn't do it today if you uh, <laughs> if I had to. Did you have to march with that as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a big absolutely. one to to lug around. My dad played baritone, and he actually played in college. Uh, he went to K State, and he was in the the K State marching band playing baritone. And I I I still have a hard time picturing my dad out there swinging around with this baritone it just doesn't seem right but uh oh well <laughs> all right well uh we'll we'll get some tuba music in here one of these days uh in your in your honor of your tuba My honor yeah. yeah of your tuba playing days well uh philip here's another flashback we want to talk a little bit about here talking about inflation is our our big topic and uh we all know what inflation did to everybody back in the 70s um and you and i were chatting a little bit offline about what we've been seeing in terms of higher prices uh with home prices is really it's really astonishing the median home price for existing homes in the u.s it went up 23 percent over the last year it is now the median home price is now over three hundred sixty thousand dollars my gosh, that is a big jump over one year, 23% in home prices. That's huge. That's a, a big, big increase. As a matter of fact, I was I was thinking back, and, and I remember when I bought my first home here in Highlands County, and uh, it was 1988. Mm-hmm. 1988, that was, that's a long, <laughs> long, a long time, time ago. ago. Um, so, but I paid $48,000 for that house, mm-hmm. um, and, and I kept it for somewhere between 19 and 20 years before I sold it. And so I sold it for $65,000. Now that sounds like, oh, well, you did pretty well. Yeah. Well, not compared to that number. Right. I mean, (laughs) I made less than 2% a year, like 1.8 and some change percent per year for that 19 or 20 years. Um, And I'm thinking, man... If I'd have held on to it, maybe I could have made 23 or 24% a year and, and I would have Shoot. made $100,000 now, but um, it was an older home. I'm, I'm glad I didn't. Gosh, yeah. Trying to get rid of those older homes. Um, we used to have a you know a house that was built in the, the 1920s, not the, not the 2020s. And yeah, boy, those old houses can, uh, can be a bit of a, a money suck. But oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, it's really been something, though, seeing what's been happening with, with home sales, home prices. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about for people, Philip, who might be thinking about making a move because the, the market's still pretty hot here. Um, what advice do you have about making a rush decision? Because sometimes that is one of those things where we think, man, what if I go ahead and sell right now and we can go ahead and get that vacation home or we can relocate? Um, what do you, what do you make of people who might be thinking about that? So the first thing I say is be careful. Number one, make sure you got a place to go to Yeah. because <laughs> Need I a mean, place you, to put land. Your house, you, you put your house on the market today, it can be sold tomorrow. Yep. And if somebody's got cash, they may want to be in there in 20 days. Mm. Um, and so if you don't have a place to go, that's a real problem because not only are we seeing real estate prices going up, up and up. But we're seeing rental availability go down, down, down. Yes, right, right. And so, you know, even if you want to relocate, look, you you need to know where you're going to go and have something lined up, like have already bought a place down there or have a simultaneous closing deal so that at the end of the day, you know 
you got a place to lay your head before you sell the place here. Nobody wants to be uh, couch surfing with their friends or, or moving in. Or, or homeless, right? Yeah, homeless, or moving into the, the extra bedroom at your kid's house, you know, sharing a bunk bed with one of the grandkids. I don't think any, I don't think that's what that's what anybody wants. It, it's all a lesson in planning, really. I mean, whether it's where you're going to live, uh, that that's just one piece of it. But what do we need to be thinking about with uh, interest rates? You know, we continue to see interest rates um, low, very low. Um, the 10-year treasury has gone back down significantly uh, from, from it, its little spike it had. It got up to almost 1.8%, then it trailed back down to below one2 And so um, I, I don't see interest rates rising anytime soon um, because the Fed is going to keep them low as long as they can because they, uh, number one, if they raise interest rates on the federal level, then the interest expense goes up to the federal government. So, so you're going to keep them low, um, which will kind of help lending, right? People are can borrow money on the cheap right now. Uh, and the other thing to think about is, you know, inflation is is right now about 5.4 percent, which is uh, well, well, well above what uh, Mr. Powell says he wants. The Fed wants to keep interest rates. I mean, uh, inflation at about two percent. But I don't know if you remember back, but but about, oh, it may have been a year ago now, the Fed changed their policy on that mm. 2% and basically said, we're not looking at a 2% per year. We're looking at an average of 2%. So we're going to let it run. You know, we're going to let it run 5, 6, 7% so that we can average out over two or three years at 2%. To me, that's problematic. That means we're all going to be paying more and more for stuff. And it just, it, it boils down to this, Jen, it makes it more and more important that folks have an income plan in place. And, and not just an income plan, but a written retirement income plan that not only takes into account for where we are today, but takes into account for rising inflation down the road. Um, because so many people don't do that 20 years from now, you know, at the pace we're going, they're gonna be paying twice as much for the stuff they use today. So look, if you don't have a written retirement income plan, and let me just say that that 90% of the folks I sit down with don't have one. So I'm guessing that most people don't. You need to give us a call and let's walk through that process of putting one together for you. The number to call is 863-285-3815. 863-285-3815 to get your retirement income plan. Talking today with Philip Statler. He is with Statler Financial Services, and I am Jen Rizak alongside uh, Philip. You know, the continued spike in inflation that we've been talking about could lead to a significant boost in Social Security. Found an article the other day about the Senior Citizens League, which is an advocacy group projecting that based on this year's price hikes, all the things that we've seen this year after the pandemic in, in, uh, in terms of prices, the Social Security benefits could be increased by 6.1% for 2022. That would be the biggest increase in Social Security since the early 80s, since like 1983. What are your thoughts on that big of an increase in Social uh, Security benefits? I was listening real close, Jen, because I think I hear retirees cheering in the background. <laughs> I would it's, think so. Uh, it's been a long time, right? I mean, I, I, I get this all the time when I sit down with my clients. It's like, man, you know, everything's going up, but Social Security is not really keeping up with inflation. Well, this may help, um, but I don't want to put a damper on things. But the problem is, is that when we see that kind of increase in Social Security, unfortunately, the Medicare Part B mm. premium ends up eating a lot of that increase, if not wow. all of that increase. And that's my concern with this, is, is that really going to help our seniors keep up with inflation? And, and my gut is, no, it won't. It, it, it's a Band-Aid. It's better than nothing. Uh, but, but a lot of that's going to end up going to Medicare. So today, I'm offering folks a no-cost, no-obligation income analysis to help you do things like figure out how much you'll need for retirement, that you've always been dreaming about to help you really uncover those main risks that are out there that are a threat to your retirement, things that are like inflation, stock market volatility, potential tax increases, and then on top of all that, the skyrocketing healthcare costs. 
again, there's no cost, there's no obligation, but this is just for folks listening to the show today who have saved at least $150,000 for their retirement. Give us a call at 863-285-3815 and ask for your inflation-proof income analysis. You might have a good handle on your budget today, but the cost of everything doubles about every 20 years. That means in 20 years from now, you could be spending twice as much to have the same lifestyle you currently have. As your savings shrink over your retirement, your cost of living will continue to go up. But putting a plan in place can help you make sure your savings will last no matter what happens with inflation, taxes, and the potential volatility we see in the stock market. Be one of the callers today for this show at 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815 for your no cost, no obligation, inflation-proof retirement income analysis. Again, that number, 863-285-3815. If you have a retirement plan and would like a second opinion, call Statler Financial Services today, 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Statler Financial Radio Show. Jen Rizak here alongside Philip Statler. He's president and CEO of Statler Financial Services. Statlerfinancial.com is the website if you'd like to learn a little bit more. Philip, let me ask you a very personal question. How much is left on your to-do list this week? How are you doing with that? Well, you know, I, um, <laughs> he doesn't want to answer. <laughs> no, it, it, gets, it gets a little long. Yeah. And uh, and so then I just throw it away and start over. Yeah. Yeah. And that honey-do yeah. list, I mean, d- does Joyce keep you pretty busy with some things to get done around the house as well? <laughs> you know, she reminds me of some things that need to get done. Um, but, you know, pretty, pretty regular. There's this, hey, don't forget we need to do this. Oh, yeah. Or, There's always a thing. You know, There's always a thing. That. Or, you know, those type of things. We need to order this. I know. Well, and my threat to Jeff is always, if you don't do it, then I'm going to do it myself. And then you're going to have to redo it because I'm not going to use the right tool or I'm going to mess it up somehow. So that keeps him pretty motivated to know, uh, I'll just get this done the first time. But uh, I'm like you. If if the list gets long, I get overwhelmed, and then I just don't want to mess with any of it. And I found this article called Top 10 Steve Jobs success secrets for insane productivity. And it's ironic because it's a ridiculously complicated uh, title for an article about keeping things simple. But the first few tips they had were prioritize ruthlessly, seek simplicity, and say no to a thousand things. So basically keep it simple. And that is the challenge for you today, Philip. Let's keep it simple. Let's just put a few topics on our retirement planning list to talk about today. Uh, what what would you know three or four things be that you'd put on that list? So I would say that as we look at that list, we, we need to look at income in mm-hmm. retirement. Uh, healthcare slash long-term care, maybe even slash risk as as an area of concern. Okay, and then taxes. You know, nobody wants to think of taxes, but taxes definitely are uh, uh, an area of concern that that people need to be uh, aware of and understand how they are going to work against them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell me why you chose these things. When we talk about income, healthcare, long-term care, and taxes, why are these the things that we definitely want to have on that list for planning for for retirement? You know, we've been doing this for a while now. And over the last, I don't know, 25 years or so, those are the things that have become issues uh, to our clients. Um, as we've sat down with hundreds of families um, over that time period to, to help them plan out their retirement, these are the areas that, that seem to stick their ugly heads up. People don't really realize these are the things we need to be looking at. Um, all they really care about is how big's my bucket mm-hmm. over here that I'm going to have money to draw from. They, they don't have a plan in place and throughout planning we address these these areas of of concern that i think every retiree 
pre-retiree needs to have a plan for how they're going to address these things. And, you know, when we think about all of the, I know this is a short list here, but in general, it's easy to feel overwhelmed by retirement um, because because there are a lot of moving pieces here. Maybe we're overwhelmed. Maybe we're just worried we haven't done enough to prepare for it. What advice do you have? Start. Okay. Yeah, just get over simple, it, right? right? But but what happens when we get overwhelmed or we we get consumed by something is we just think about it and we think about it and think about it. And and that's all well and good, but if you never start, then you're not going to get to the process. And so that's it. Start. Start doing something. And just a little piece of something. Um, sit down with a, a financial professional that that can help you direct you. Uh, you have to have an open mind when you do that because they're going to ask you questions that, that you, maybe you haven't thought about. And we're going to have to think through that process of, of developing and what I need to develop a plan for retirement. Because let's face it, you've never been there. And, and the professional has, like I have, walked hundreds of families through that process and know the questions we need to ask, know what we need to drill down into to help them develop the plan that they're going to need to get them through retirement. And Jen, that all really starts with our financial x-ray. I mean, that's the key because I don't believe you can go anywhere if you don't know where you are. Because think about a map. If, if In a map, when you ask for directions, what does it want to know? Where are you at now? Mm -hmm. Your current location so that it knows how to get you to where you want to go. Well, retirement planning is no different. You need to know where you are right now. And that's what the financial x-ray really does for folks, Jen. It, it really dives deep into their current situation. What does their retirement portfolio look like? How much risk is in there? How much are you paying in fees and expenses that you just don't see because they're not transparent? Those are the questions that the financial x-ray will answer for you. Give me a call and let's start that process today. The number is 863-285-3815. That's 863 285 3815, or you can go to my website, statlerfinancial.com. There's a link to my calendar right there. You can schedule your financial x-ray right there from the website, statlerfinancial.com or 863-285-3815. Talking today with Philip Statler. He is with Statler Financial Services. I'm Jen Rizak alongside that number one more time is 863 863- 285-3815. So Philip, as we are tackling the the top topics for your retirement planning list, income is one that tops the list. So how do we know if we've saved enough to retire so that we will have income as long as we need it? Yeah, you know, Jen, that's probably the the most wrong question I hear. Yeah. Right? I don't okay. know if that's the right grammar or not, but it's um, <laughs> all right. So the question I get is, how much do I need to retire? And that's the wrong question. It's how much are you going to spend in retirement that we need to know? Because that determines how big or how much we need to have in our retirement bucket to provide the income. So it's the question nobody likes to answer. What's your budget going to look like when we head into retirement? And, and that's the key is, is kind of putting together that budget of what are we going to spend in retirement? What's that look like? And then once you can help me figure that out with you, then, then we can back up and say, okay, here's what we need to have when you retire. It's, it's not that difficult, but it takes some time and some thinking to make it happen. So let's talk a little bit about our options for generating income in retirement. If if we get hung up on the wrong question, we're focusing on how much do I need to save? It a lot of times it's because we're looking at it the wrong way. It it really matters the tools that we use to make sure that it will last and that we can have income. So what are some of our ways of doing that? So you're right. So and, and the question is, what tools can I use? to generate the income I need. And there's a lot of different tools out there, right? There's people will have real estate investment trusts because they pay out a fixed interest rate. 
um, you know, people will use annuities to create create that income stream. That's what they were designed for is to create uh, income for your lifetime. So th that's an option. Uh, there's a, a dividend portfolio. You know, people will put together a dividend portfolio. That's an option. So the tool you use depends upon uh, several different things. But, but having the tool available is a big deal. And so often we sit down and we see that not all financial advisors have all the tools that are needed to put together the income plan that's going to get you to where you want to be. And so it's, it's important that you, you really look at somebody that, that has the independence to be able to use the tools that are out there because there's a lot of tools out there. Mm -hmm. But the wirehouses, the, the Wall Street firms, the Midwest St. Louis firms, they don't always have all the tools that you're going to need to develop that income plan in retirement. So, so that's the key is, is, is putting together the right plan and not being overly optimistic about your income plan, because I've seen that too. And that will backfire on you almost every time. Philip, talk a little bit about having a retirement income plan, how that is different from having a retirement savings account and, and having some retirement savings built up and just taking money from that as needed. So that's funny you ask that question, Jim, because I, I equate that to, you know, a lot of people I meet with have a junk drawer of financial products. Now, what do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Well, they've got, you know, if you open up your, your junk drawer, you've got all kinds of stuff in there, right? It's all useful at some point in your life, usually. Um, and so I call this a junk drawer of financial planning. So people will have a bunch of products, but not have a plan of how they're going to use them. And so that's the difference. An income plan is very specific on where your money's going to come from, when it's going to come from that bucket. And how long is that bucket going to last so that you can see over the next 20, 30, 40 years where your income is going to come from for the rest of your life. And so that becomes the product. That becomes the plan to get you into and through retirement. Look, there's a lot of folks out there that I sit down with week in and week out that have a junk drawer of financial products. They have a lot of neat tools. There's just no idea how they're all going to work together, if they're going to work together to create the income they're going to need. That's why I believe you need to have a financial retirement income plan. You have to have a retirement income plan because unless you have a plan putting all that stuff together so you know where it's going to come from, then, then you're running by the seat of your pants and nobody wants to head into retirement running by the seat of your pants. Let me help you put together your retirement income plan. Give me a call at 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815 to get started on your retirement income plan. Again, that's 863 285 3815. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. Let's get started today. 863-285-3815. You're listening to the Statler Financial Radio Show with Philip Statler. He is president and CEO of Statler Financial Services. I'm Jen Rizak alongside that number again, 863-285-3815. Or you can check out the website. It's statlerfinancial.com if you'd like to learn a little bit more. If you have a healthy balance in your retirement accounts, that is great news. But a healthy balance isn't an income plan. There's still more to do. So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Stay with us. We'll be back. If you have a retirement plan and would like a second opinion, call Statler Financial Services today. 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815.
Thanks for joining us today. This is the Statler Financial Radio Show. I am Jen Rizak. Happy to be here with Philip Statler. He's president and CEO of Statler Financial Services. And just because you have a healthy balance in your retirement savings account doesn't mean you have an income plan. You still have some work to do. And one of the things that you have to do is protect that income. We can't just leave it there and dip into it and spend it whenever we want. Philip, what are some of the risks we need to be aware of to help preserve that income so it'll last? Well, I think probably one of the things I see most often, Jen, is that, uh, again, we, we look at that um, that bunch of, of financial products. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of times they're all invested in the market. So they all have market risk associated with them. And so the, the idea that, oh, I'll just take money out of this account or that account um, to, to help subsidize my retirement um, sounds good. But what happens when we have a major market downturn because risk creeps in? And so that then says, are you willing to take less income because the market has eaten away at your, your portfolio? You know, most people say, well, no, I've, you know, I've got this budget of things that I, I need that money for. Well, that's why when we develop a financial retirement income plan, we want to make sure that the stock market is not going to affect your income. And your income isn't going to affect um, the amount of risk you have in your portfolio. And so I think that too often I see people just taking money out of their retirement account. It's all invested in mutual funds. And so, um, again, we have another 2008 and the market drops. Uh, maybe it doesn't drop 50% like it did for, because your portfolio is a little bit more conservative, but, but still it drops 25%. Well, that's a big deal. Or you have like what happened um, you know, this past year. And, and companies stopped paying their dividend. Well, how's that going to affect your income if a company quits paying a dividend? And we had a lot of companies that stopped paying dividends. And so if you have a dividend portfolio, that impacts your income. And so that's why I believe you need to have a retirement income plan that buckets out the money into into income buckets so you know exactly where that money is going to come from and again the stock market doesn't impact your income that's i mean that's why i think that the Mm -hmm. the retirement plan or the income plan is so important talk a little bit about the fact that there are some other big risks we need to protect against as well things like health care costs the projections just keep going up and up and up with this fidelity now says it's about two hundred ninety five thousand dollars that the average 65 year old couple will spend on health care throughout retirement doesn't include long-term care but now we're pushing three hundred thousand dollars here what do we do to prepare for things like that i mean it's one thing to protect against volatility but we're going to have to spend money on healthcare and it, we're going to have to spend a lot. Well, it definitely is looking that way. That's for sure. So as we continue to, to look at what healthcare is going to cost, I think we have to build in a, a plan or into the income plan, that part for healthcare. I mean, we have to budget it, right? It has to be part of our budget. And we have to figure that that part of the budget is going to grow by about 8% a year is, is what they tell us. And so uh, whether that's um, your um, Medicare supplement, whether that's your Medicare Part B premium, because that comes out of your Social Security, you're, you're paying it one way or another. Typically, that's what the cost is, because if you have those two things, most people are pretty much covered um, for their health care costs. You know, the Medicare Advantage plans, they're a little bit different because you may not have much of a premium to pay, but you have all that out-of-pocket deductibles or co-pays that you have to pay every time you go to the doctor or you have a procedure or you're in the hospital. And you can expect those numbers to continue to rise too because healthcare in general is increasing uh, costs by about 8% a year. So so we have to plan for those things uh, within our budget and within our income plan. 
Let's talk a little bit about some of the ways to deal with long-term care as well, because as I understand it, Philip, the options today are very different than it used to be. We we have much more than just getting a standalone long-term care insurance policy, right? Can, can we talk about how that fits in here? Absolutely. So you're right. So back in the day, that was the only option. I mean, it was either you, you had nothing. Uh, which that's, that was most people, or you, you had a long-term care right. policy that that wasn't cheap, and 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 the costs continue to rise. I still get pe- folks that'll call me and say, "Hey, look, I got my notice. My long-term care is going up again. Uh, I don't know that I can afford to keep it." That's a conversation that I have with clients uh, on a periodic basis because that's that's where they are. Um, but now we have some other alternatives. And let's face it, there's no perfect alternative, right? Long-term care uh, insurance, uh, for the most part, is not cheap. And so you either limit your benefit to what you can afford, which a lot of times that's not enough to cover your cost, or you you have to pay the, the big premiums to, to get the coverage that you think you're really going to need if you end up in a long-term care facility. The other part of that is there's other things out there now. There's like life insurance, um, that has living benefits. It has a long-term care rider. Um, it has a terminal illness rider. So now those things may or may not cost you money, extra you know, money out of your premium. Um, and, and in either case, they're typically going to, if you have to use them, they're going to reduce the death benefit. But, but it, it may be the way that, hey, you can pay that premium and know that somebody is going to benefit from the amount of money you put in there, whether it's you because it'll cover your long-term care costs or your beneficiaries because at your passing, they're going to get the life insurance proceeds. So, so it's a way to say, Hey, yeah, I'm not, I'm not throwing away the money. Some, somebody is going to get a benefit uh, because of that. The other is there's long-term care annuities that, that may provide additional benefits through the annuity. And so that's an option. Uh, sometimes there's a fee for that. Sometimes there's a waiting period. There's, there's all different things that you have to look at when you look at those, those areas. And, and the last way, Jen, is, and, and this is what, when I talk with folks, they seem to think this is going to be the default, is, you know, Medicaid or, or self-funding or some other mechanism out there uh, to pay for long-term care. You know, long-term care is an issue. Uh, and and I personally have have lived through it with my family on three different occasions, and I can tell you, no one one time has been the same. We've had different benefits we've had to look at. We've had different long term care that 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 has taken place. We've had long term care policies we've had to deal with. So so we've seen, I think, most of it uh, between my family and clients that I've walked through. We've been there. We have a team in place that can help walk you through the process of whatever you're dealing with when it comes to long-term care. Give us a call, 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815. If we can help in any way with your long-term care situation, again, that's 863-285-3815. Talking today with Philip Statler. He is with Statler Financial Services. I'm Jen Rizak alongside. Philip, another thing you put on your short list for planning for retirement is taxes. How often do people overlook taxes when they're planning for retirement? Yeah, I'm going to say most of the time. They don't think about it. Most of the time. Okay. they, They think about their IRA, their 401k, but they don't really think about the tax consequences. As a matter of fact, I've seen people accidentally, I say accidentally because they didn't know any better, um, just take all the money out of their 401k instead of roll into an IRA. And, and all of a sudden they say, well, I'm missing 20%. Well, yeah, it, 20% went to the Uncle Sam as withholding. Um, so, so it can be a bigger deal than what people uh, want to think. I tell people, look, your IRA you, you have a mortgage on your IRA and the amount of that mortgage is dependent upon the tax bracket you're in and the tax rate you have to pay when you take money out. Now, whether that's a 10%, 12%, 24, 
all depends on how what tax bracket you're in. And so, but taxes can eat away at what you think is yours. So, Philip, and also explain the difference between tax preparation and having a tax efficient strategy for your income and retirement. Because a lot of times when we talk about taxes, we get caught up in, in tax prep and the April 15th deadline and this and that. But we're talking about something different here when we're preparing for taxes for retirement, right? De oh, definitely. So, tax preparation. Uh, speaking from experience, um, tax preparation is looking backwards. A tax preparer is a historian. They are documenting what happened the prior year, what income you had, what expenses you had. It's all hindsight. It's all stuff that happened back in the prior year. Having a tax efficient strategy is looking ahead. It's developing a strategy for down the road for uh, not just a year down the road, but trying to develop a strategy for maybe five or 10 years down the road. That's the difference is, is tax preparation, things have already happened. There's not a lot you can do to change it. Having a tax efficient strategy is looking ahead and, and being able to design a plan that's going to be ha have the most tax advantages to you as, as possible. Um, and so that's the main difference. Philip, what are some changes we can consider to help reduce the impact of taxes on our retirement? So don't waste a tax bracket. Over the last couple of years, I've seen this quite, quite frequently, as much as just two weeks ago, sitting down with somebody who had money in an IRA and was paying zero taxes. Well, they're, they're wasting that that zero tax bracket when they could be taking some money out of their IRA and either converting it to a Roth or put into a non-qualified account, either way would at least absorb some of that zero or 10% tax bracket. And so we have a window of time that we can do that. And, and we want to take advantage of that as much as possible uh, because you know my belief is, is that where we stand now is probably some of the lowest tax brackets that you and I will ever see. And so we want to take advantage of that. And, and if it means paying a little tax now, instead of paying a lot of tax later, well, that's what I want to do. I, I want to be tax efficient and, and make sure that, that I'm doing what's best for me, both financially and from a tax perspective, um, making sure they fit together. Look, if you're not sure how tax efficient your plan is for retirement income, then, then you need to sit down with us and, and go through our financial x-ray and income planning process. To get started, all you have to do is give us a call at 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815, or you can go to statlerfinancial.com and click on the link there to schedule a time to meet. That's 863 285 3815. This is the Statler Financial Radio Show. We'll be back. Call Philip Statler today to get started on your complimentary financial x-ray report. 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815. From the pitch, swung at a little too soon. Strike three, you're out. To the joke told at the wrong time. To barely missing your connecting flight. This is the final boarding call for flight 109 to Chicago. Timing is everything. The same is true for your social security benefits. Take them too soon and you can leave a lot of money on the table. Take them too late and you might spend down too much of your savings. Everybody's situation can be different, but taking your social security benefits at the right time is important for your retirement success. Philip Statler at Statler Financial understands Social Security and can help you make decisions that are best for you and your retirement dreams. Call 863-285-3815 to start optimizing your benefits. With Social Security, timing is everything, so don't delay. Call Philip Statler at Statler Financial today. 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815. Our firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Advisory services offered through Statler Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisory firm in the state of Florida. 
Thanks for joining us today on the Statler Financial Radio Show. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Philip Statler. He is president and CEO of Statler Financial Services. He is the inaugural Highlander Award winner for Financial Representative of the Year. Uh, and Philip, I think this is interesting. First of all, I'm a I'm a big uh, fan of the Olympics. Now it's been weird uh, this year. This is the weirdest Olympics ever, with you know really no nobody in the stands, and you know it's kind of a an off type getting of year. Delayed, I mean, just getting delayed a year. That, yeah, yeah. Weird, shouldn't right? have, yeah, shouldn't <clears throat> even mean doing it this year. And and I'll tell you one of the things that I think is you know I know they're showing the watch parties at home, but watching the parents in the stands when they're kid is competing is one of my favorite things so it's a bummer that we don't get to watch that there was remember a couple years ago the one gymnast they'd show her parents and they're swaying all over the place with her when she's doing her uh, her routines or watching michael phelps mom going nuts in the stands when when he was racing that's always one of my favorite things is just watching the parents <laughs> yeah it is you know i was watching the other day and they made a, a point and and i would feel the same way if my child was oh. in the olympics is that how much time and energy and expense did those parents put into yes getting that child to the olympics uh, you know they yeah. didn't do the athletic stuff but they got them to practice they paid some coaching bills along the way and it took their schedule yeah. Right. And now they have to sit at home. They can't even be there. Yeah. But watch their child compete. I that, know. That's disheartening. I know. That's right. Can't hug them whether they win or lose. Yeah, I know. It's it's rough. Um, so poor poor moms and dads of those Olympic athletes. But I always love watching them when when they're able to be there. So that's something I look forward to in a normal uh, Olympics one day. Um, are there any other, you know, really, Philip, when it comes to the, I can watch anything. I can sit there for hours and watch the shooting events. I, I know you said you caught a little fencing. Is there anything that, that really uh, gets you sucked in when you're watching the games? You no, know, I, I don't know that there's anything that gets me sucked in uh, because I, I have to have a, especially if it's not my team playing, right? If it's not the USA playing, I, I, it doesn't matter what sport it is. I have a hard time. Yeah. Um, I, I need that person to cheer for, um, <laughs> to, to watch a lot of sports. Um, I mean, I like them, but, but it's gotta be my team playing. And so I, when I, when I think of favorite sports, um, I enjoy watching swimming. My son was a swimmer. I enjoy watching swimming. My wife loves gymnastics because my daughter was, a, you know, a, a she did that for, for mm -hmm. a while. Um, until she broke too many bones. Oh, and gosh. It. Um, and I enjoy watching softball because, you know, Maggie played softball. And so so I enjoy watching that sport. So there's a couple. I can't really say there's a favorite. Mm -hmm. um, if my team's playing, then I have more of a vested interest to watch. Makes sense. Makes sense when you've got a, when you've got a horse in the race, right? I, right, I think that right. makes perfect sense. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can get pretty sucked into all of it. Um, and, you know, I, I know I'm not the only one. This has actually been studied by economists. And, and again, this is talking about typically a normal Olympic year, not a weirdo pandemic year. Typically, what they've seen during the Olympics when a country is winning a lot of medals, that country's national stock market activity and their trading volume goes down because everybody's all distracted by the excitement of everything that's going that's on. Interesting, so, that's an interesting statistic there. Yeah, I know, right? So, so kind of funny. But, but here's the other thing that I wanted to talk about with the Olympics when we look at the overall impact of the games on the economy. In general, the markets tend to like the Olympics, but individual economies don't because the host cities and countries, they go all in. And, you know, we've seen this and you, you think back at, at recent years games and some of the things that they had do to put these games on. And they're always trying to outdo the last host. Right. There's always something bigger and better. But the long term costs can be devastating. Yeah, it really can, you know, and that's right, because everybody, you're right, everybody wants to one-up, right? Well, what, yes. what happened last time? Um, and, and I know I've been to some of the Olympic parks out in Park City, Utah, mm -hmm. you know, watching the downhill um, ski place where they can still come practice, Olympians yes. can still come practice. I mean, I've been to Colorado Springs to the Olympic Training Center there. So I, I know that all that stuff costs money, not yes. just training the teams, but if you're going to host – 
it's a big deal. Right. Um, right. And I think I can't, I can't put my finger on the exact situation, but but I want to think that one of those one of the I can't remember if it was Los Angeles or one of those cities that was hosting really ran into some huge, huge financial difficulties. Yeah. yeah. And that whole process of trying to get ready to prepare for the Olympics. And so I can just imagine the amount of money they spend. I, I think that's why we see Tokyo, right? Mm-hmm. Wanting so bad to make sure that this Olympics happens because they've spent so much time, energy, and money right. to make it happen. Unfortunately, they're not going to get the impact of everybody coming over there from an economic standpoint, right. but hopefully the TV revenue is going to help them some. Um, it, it's... Uh, It'll be interesting to see what the numbers look like for Tokyo. Yeah, I, I want to hear about that, too. And, you know, you're right when you talk about some of the even just the bidding process. They've had a hard time even finding enough places to bid to host the Olympics because of all of the financial impact. And when you look at some of the numbers, I, I looked into this a little bit. Um, some of the, the recent hosts in the past uh, in the past few decades, Greece, of course, hosted the Games in 2004. And a lot of economists trace the beginning of their current economic problems to hosting the games because it ended up being $15 billion that was way over the budget. And taxpayers over there are still on the hook for this. They're still being assessed about $50,000 euros, 50,000 euros per household going toward that Olympic debt. I mean, they're still trying to climb their way out of this. So it can be uh, financially crippling. Now, here's one that I thought was interesting, Philip. London hosted the games in 2012, right? And they actually built temporary sporting venues that could be taken down after the games. So you don't have those rundown abandoned stadiums and facilities like you see in former host cities. You know, you see those slideshows that pop up on Facebook sometimes and it'll show what, you know, the the abandoned Olympic village in Sarajevo and, and all of that. So they had that vision to recognize, even though we're excited about this event right now, one day those games are going to be over. And then what? Then what are we going to do with all of these buildings? So they built them in a way that they could be taken back down. Philip, what's the lesson there for that vision to recognize, just like the officials in London recognize, right now we're excited about hosting the Olympics, but one day those are going to be done and we're not going to be excited to have these buildings here anymore. And so we need to plan accordingly. I think that's a lesson in a long-term vision that we could take for our retirement planning. I think it is too, because, you know, too many people, you know, they put some fixed idea in their head as to this is what their retirement is going to look like. And they're still 20 years away, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that we need to be more flexible when we start looking at retirement, especially the closer we get, because things are going to change, right? It's, the economies are going to change. Inflation is going to change. Your desire to do certain things in retirement is going to change. Right. It's not going to be static. It's not going to be, I'm going to retire here. And this is what I'm going to do day in, day out, weekend, year in, year in, year out for the rest of my retirement. That's not the case, right? We're going to start at one place and life is going to put us in a different place, Hmm. whether it's health issues, whether it's a spouse passes away, uh, long-term care. There's a lot of different things that can pop up. And so I, I tell people, look, when you retire today, it's a temporary situation. It's fluid, right? Things are going to change as we go. Our plan needs to be prepared to change with it. And that's why I think it's important that that you have somebody that's going to sit down with you at least once a year and look at your plan and say, am I on track? Mm-hmm. Do we need to tweak anything? Just do anything need, need to be changed? You know, those things, because life happens, Right. Things change, and we need to be ready and able to make those changes with them in retirement. Right, right. And, and you know, Philip, here's the other lesson, a lesson in budgeting. You know, a lot of these, these host countries and cities, they ended up 
way over budget. And that just, you know, a, a city, you know, we talk about uh, in Athens, they can they can add some taxes on and they can try to get their way out of this. We can't do that for ourselves. If we end up that over budget <laughs> with our retirement, we don't really have a way to bail ourselves out. So how do we prevent that from happening through planning? Well, I think it starts early on, right? And that is one, is making sure that you all the time are checking yourself and making sure that your debt is under control. We don't want to roll in, you know, 10 years out from retirement and um, we just bought a new house and we got a mortgage on, you know, 95% of it and we bought a new car. That is um, not where we want to be. That sounds to me like disaster could easily happen. Um, you know, we want to be closer to the spectrum of being debt-free when we head into retirement. And so we want to focus on that. We want to make sure that we end up in retirement with not a lot of debt, which takes budgeting. It takes discipline while we're still working to make that happen. Um, but, but that's right. These governments, they have the advantage of you know, they can pretty much borrow unlimited amounts of money. And, um, and and you and I, the taxpayer, get to help pay it back. As a retiree, we don't get that option. I mean, we can borrow the money, but, uh, you know, your neighbors aren't going to help you pay it back. It's right. going to be on you. <laughs> and so that's where budgeting, if you head into retirement, the biggest disasters I see is folks having too much debt when they retire. Let's talk a little bit about what goes into creating that plan. Obviously, a budget is an important part of it, but there's more to it than just having that budget. We have to have a, an idea of what we'll be spending. We do need to get our arms around the budget, but talk about what else goes into that retirement income strategy to get you all the way through retirement. So we do, you're right, the, the, you know, that B word, the budget word, which nobody likes to do, is, is the first line of defense. We, we got to put together a budget because... Without the budget, we don't know what you need for income. And so we've got to put together that budget. We have to have a realistic budget. What's it really and truly going to cost us when we retire, whether that's our health insurance, our Medicare supplement, our property taxes, our house insurance, car insurance, you know, our, how much are we going to want to eat out versus spending money for groceries at home? Maybe maybe when you retire, you want to do some major home improvements. What's that going to take? Do we have the money to do that? All these things come into play when we are putting together a financial retirement income plan. And those things are important to take into consideration as you do that planning. That's what we help you do. Put together a written retirement income plan. Give us a call and let's start that process today. 863-285-3815. Again, that's 863-285-3815. Hey, I look forward to sitting down with you and helping you plan out the best retirement you can ever have. That number again is 863-285-3815. Thanks for joining us today on the Statler Financial Radio Show. We'll be back again next week for more insights from Philip. We'll talk to you then. Call Philip Statler today to get started on your complimentary financial x-ray report. 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815. Information provided during the Statler Financial Radio Show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. All investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No strategy is guaranteed to be successful. This radio show is a paid placement.